I I was actually thinking when I was wondering what we'd talk about today. I was for some reason the idea came to mind about relationship. But the idea that I always feel like I'm either too much or not enough. Mm-hmm. And somehow simultaneously both at the same time. I can relate to that a lot. And I, I can't tell if like because I think it's like in certain aspects I feel like I'm too much. And in yeah. other aspects I feel like I'm not enough. But also the part that fucks me up is that in different relationships, I feel like I'm too much in different places mm-hmm. and too little in other places. And it's almost like I'm mirroring whoever I'm in relationship with. And it's like maybe the aspects where they're strong in, I start to see myself as not enough in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, aspects that they're not great in, I start to see myself as like too much in. And it just like changes per my partner so then I'm like is this even like a thing that's based in reality or you know what I mean like it's, it's just such that's a, a really mind good fuck. point that is a really good point actually because if I am not if I'm just looking at myself I could tell you all the reasons why I'm too much and why I'm not enough mm-hmm. but then when I put myself adjacent to a past partner or someone I'm talking to now the same way I was too much in my last relationship, I feel not enough in this one. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So that's really fucking with me. <laughs> it that. is a big mind. Before it was just like I, I, I find that I have very strong opinions for most people, so I think my opinions are too much. I have almost too strong of a sense of justice. Okay. Then I feel not enough in how I look. Mm-hmm. I feel not enough in like money and mm-hmm. then too much in my like nature, quirky. And I just say quirky because someone else might say it, but like woo woo. And I hate that word, like a spiritual side of things like that is often too much for people. Mm-hmm. But then let's say you dated someone who was like some super spiritual person. Would you then start to feel like you're not enough in that sense? And so that is the part that really mind fucks me because then it's like, what's like the root cause of us always feeling like we need to pick some part of us apart in relationship and or like then it makes it harder for us to improve ourselves when we can't even pinpoint what it is that needs to be improved because is it even something that needs to be improved if it's Not. changing when mm-hmm. it's like adjacent to a different person that it just honestly comes back down to being okay with right now and mm-hmm. who I am right now who you are right now and us accepting ourselves yeah because that's why we're picking ourselves apart we're not accepting there's so all right. parts of us right now i feel like it's, it definitely does stem from this sense of needing to be perfect or perfectionism and feel like i think we put it on ourselves that we're too much or too little yeah and i think almost when you put that pressure on yourself like obviously the other person senses it mm-hmm. 
And it almost creates a dynamic where they're like, well, maybe you are too much in that sense because, or like, you, maybe like you're trying to overcompensate for something that you feel too little in. And then that's something that like puts someone off or whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like when you yeah. try to overcompensate or like uh, make yourself smaller in a certain way, then you're like not showing up authentically. And then it's like yeah. people can sense that. And then it's just this like feedback loop almost. It makes us shrink ourselves in the areas that we feel like we're too much, which might be things we're really authentically like pumped about Mm -hmm. and then force ourselves to be maybe like more knowledgeable or embody something more that like, yeah, maybe we're into, but we don't know that much about or it's not like a more full part of ourselves, but we're trying to make it more full so that other person's drawn to us Mm -hmm. and you know what I also feel like makes it hard like when we're talking about like heteronormative relationships too and just existing in the patriarchy and like let's say in this instance like I'm using the example of just dating men as a woman as like a you know Mm -hmm. cis straight woman like it's almost like they expect you to do that too, mm. which adds that extra pressure to it because it's like me, I never really necessarily, I don't want to say never because I definitely have in the past, but it's not like I'm expecting this person to like all of a sudden pick up my interests and like try hard to like impress me in a sense. But you get this air from like cis straight men sometimes of like well I need to be knowledgeable about this thing otherwise they're not gonna see me as like valuable or they're gonna like look down on me for it kind of a thing and I've always I've gotten that like vibe from men before it's almost like they have an air about them that makes you feel like you need to overcompensate in some areas too and that's obviously a generalized statement not all men but Mm -hmm. it's never all men like but like generally speaking because they are the ones that kind of in living in a patriarchy they like don't necessarily recognize the ways that they like show up in a dynamic like in a relationship dynamic sometimes so do you relate to that at all I feel like it's almost the opposite okay for me I think in my last two relationships maybe to some degree actually in my first one what you're saying was true mm-hmm. and also it was more my too muchness they really wished I would have turned the volume down on yeah. I think I was disruptive but you don't feel like you've ever had to like you know let's say like a guy tells you they're interested in something you don't feel like you've ever felt the need to be like well now let me like be well read on this thing only with the last guy I talked to okay that was the only time and I felt very inadequate in that whole situation because by comparison me in New Jersey Mm -hmm. too outdoorsy me (laughs) here not outdoorsy enough so that's even an added layer to that because like you're right environment now changes like what your personality traits are too much or too little for for like whoever's around you depending on the environment you're in yeah like I forget who I just said this to but I was talking about my last relationship and 
I, I what I'm about to say is like an exaggerated version of the feeling, but it almost felt like I was like a a cute little nature doll that like yeah she likes to go outside and she likes her plants and hikes and whatever but like that's just a little piece of her and I think he really wished I would have turned the volume down on that part of me mm-hmm. because that was a cr- like a critical part to why our relationship ended and this was one of your relationships in New Jersey right mm-hmm. yeah like hiking camping whatever it was like a once in a while thing and Whenever I would tell people in any dating experience then that, like, that was, like, a bigger part of me and it really meant a lot and, like, Mm -hmm. I'm someone that's always going to pull over at a lookout and, like, pick a fucking flower. And it it was just not on the same page. And and part of what I want in a relationship is someone to do those things with. Like, definitely Mm -hmm. not all the time. I'm very comfortable hiking alone, camping alone doing trips alone Mm -hmm. but I also want to be able to share those moments where I'm like in so much awe yeah and I want to explore and get all these like witness all this stuff I want to share that with someone and I think that part was like too much in my relationships so now that you're like in a different environment in Colorado do you feel like that aspect of you is just right now or do you feel like it's too little now very not enough because there's so many sports out here Mm -hmm. and like not even sports like activities to do outside that I've never done that I with my knee that I can't be even how I authentically feel right so all of those things are kind of like feels like a little bit of a mountain no pun intended of like okay (laughs) my knee is stopping me from doing these like 10 15 mile hikes that I moved here to do and then like there's thing the way that people are so into biking and snowboarding and skiing and snowshoeing and there's just so many things to do out here Mm -hmm. that and it's really interesting because from what I've seen, there's not many people that like to do all of those things an even amount or even just like a handful of those things an even amount. It's like they are diehard climbers, diehard mm-hmm. snowboarders, diehard mountain bikers. There's not – it's hard to find somebody, at least in my brief experience, that is a mix of everything. Mm-hmm. So you find these people that are so into their thing and they'll put on their profiles, their dating profiles. Mm-hmm. If you don't climb, probably shouldn't match with me. And I'm like, mm. interesting. I'm curious too, though. That. Like, if if that sense of like too muchness or too littleness, and like maybe you can add to this thought because I don't know that it's like a full thought, but it's just something that kind of popped into my head. But like, I'm wondering if this feeling of too muchness or too littleness that we feel in those aspects and or this projection that people give off of like, well, if you don't do this thing, we probably shouldn't match together. And like, I feel like there's something there relating to individualism and like our individualistic culture in a sense too, and that tying into it, like and I, I can't fully even articulate why I say that. 
I think it's there's something there and what comes to mind for me is one thing someone said to me that I like went on a date with was they got so comfortable being alone and they didn't like how comfortable they got being alone. Mm. And I think that's what I'm finding to be true among a lot of people my age that are still single so I'm 30 Mm -hmm. and I'm and that was actually one of the issues in my last real relationship where he even said like I don't think I ever actually like integrated you into my life Mm -hmm. and I think we get stuck in this way where it's individualism and it's also in the same sense a lack of compromise and also a fear that if you integrate your life with somebody and you have to come undone and it doesn't go the way you planned that's painful Mm -hmm. and if we can just stay in our ways comfortably then we don't ever have to go outside that comfort zone and bring this person into our life whereas like if to go off that climbing example because that seems to be the sport I see it with a lot if I am somebody that has to bring someone along and teach them and now climbing's their thing and it's our thing and I taught them how to do it or maybe I just don't want to be bothered with that even and Mm -hmm. I am just wanting to focus on this and I don't want to give any less time to the thing I love than to somebody that maybe doesn't know it as well Mm -hmm. but that would take that time I think that's a big part of it is that like people want somebody who neatly fits into their life it's almost like people are looking for themselves and someone else and like Mm. unwilling to find in a way or accept somebody who has differences and then I feel like it's like this trap of well you're never going to find exactly you and someone else and I think that's why I use the term individualism. Like it's it's not exactly that, but it it almost feels like people are looking for somebody who's exactly like them or um you know the ways that maybe people see themselves as a unique individual or like the things about themselves that they really enjoy and that make them like a person that's like maybe different from the rest is probably like the type of thing that they're seeking in a relationship too. Mm -hmm. And like, they want it to neatly fit into their life. And I don't know. I feel like that's kind of a pattern that I see quite often. Just that climbing example is just like, if you don't climb, we probably shouldn't match. Like, what do you mean? Like, I feel like that's not a normal way to operate. That's not a healthy way to operate when it comes to relationships. It's not, and I really feel like the longer, not the longer I've been single, it's just this age in life, the longer I've been single at this time, I see all of that more and more with people. Mm -hmm. Because I think, again, like, we're very comfortable where we are. We're, like, I'm 30. I'm at a point in my life where I'm like, well, you know what? I still have to do the things that I want to do. Mm-hmm. because like I can't wait for my future boyfriend for me to go buy a van and run right. a van. even though I would love to do that with someone that sounds like a dream mm-hmm. but I can't wait for that to happen because who knows how long I'll be waiting 
And then that's something that I want to do. So it's hard too, right? There's like a, a weird gray area and nothing's black and white. So that makes sense. But I want to move things like that make sense though, because logistically speaking, if you're somebody who's trying to travel the world, how are you going to date somebody who wants like stability, for example, in one spot? But when we're talking about something like climbing, yeah, like, get over it, bro. We can have different hobbies. Yeah, <laughs> still love See, each that other. I agree with. Yeah, you're right, actually, because that's more foundational. Mm-hmm. I, I would I would say objectively speaking, but maybe subjectively, I think that's more foundational. What you want your life structure to look like versus how many nights a week you go to the climbing gym and I go to yoga. Yeah. You know, like I love yoga. I'm doing yoga all the time for the last 10, 12 years of my life. And I would never be like. I'm not dating a guy because he doesn't do yoga. Yeah. And if I said that to a guy, they'd be like, you're fucking crazy. Right. But the same is not true for the other way around. Yeah. And that really is what creates that feeling of not enoughness. Because I feel like a lot of guys do have like that. That approach when it comes to certain aspects of their life is at least what I've seen. You know, of Mm -hmm. course, maybe that's not everybody's experience, but. I don't know. I think the too much part of it comes into it really is that idea where we're seeing ourselves through the male gaze. Mm-hmm. Because in the areas where I feel too much, it's like my opinions, my interests. Mm-hmm. And then where I'm not enough, I'm not meeting their interests or their hobbies. And they're kind of the barometer. Yes. And I want to say, too, like, this has just been, like, my recent dating experience, and I want to emphasize all of the friendships you and I mentioned where we see so much good. It's not like we are, like, fuck men. Mm-hmm. This has just been some of our own experiences, and obviously, I think Daisy and I, and I'll speak for both of us, but correct me, both understand that we need to be more accepting of ourselves. Those were our experiences that kind of paint this for us of this not enoughness, too muchness simultaneously. Mm-hmm. No, I agree with you. And there was a quote about the male gaze now that you brought it up. And I really want to find it. I think it's a quote by Margaret Atwood, but I want to. For anybody who doesn't fully maybe know what that even means, like the male gaze, it's okay. So the quote is, even pretending you aren't catering to male fantasies is a male fantasy. Pretending you're unseen, pretending you have a life of your own, that you can wash your feet and comb your hair, unconscious of the ever-present watcher, peering through the keyhole, peering through the keyhole in your own head. If nowhere else, you are a woman with a man inside watching a woman. You are your own voyeur. Yeah. Because it's this idea that we can't escape it because we live in a patriarchy. And if you were, I don't know that any straight white man is listening to this podcast. I don't know that they're our audience. (laughs) But if you are and you hear that and you go, nah, that's not a thing. Mm -hmm. I need you to just like understand that you wouldn't know you're being looked at if you're not being looked at. Like, of course, you don't have that feeling of being watched. 
mm-hmm. because you're not being watched. So how could you understand it mm-hmm. in a way? And even just like this idea of even when we're all alone, we're still operating from the male gaze. Oh, 100%. Because all of our conditioning comes from this patriarchal yeah. world that we live in. And everything we've ever learned is through the male gaze. So even the way we view ourselves is through the male gaze to some degree. Mm-hmm body image i think has a lot to do with the male gaze yes if not all of it but Mm -hmm. most of it even if you are somebody who doesn't even like men there's an unspoken i think it's way lessened way not not as profound in people's lives but i have friends who've never slept with a man in their life and have never been attracted to men and still understand the idea of the male gaze mm. as it applies to them. Yeah. And I'm thinking back to a conversation actually now that we've had a while ago. It was that's exactly what I was thinking of. About like um like lesbian relationships or like two women relationships where there's like the mask role sometimes mm-hmm. that you'll see and then like the femme role that you'll see sometimes and and us talking about how like playing the mask role can sometimes potentially be like this byproduct of like the patriarchy and like maybe recognizing that in some sense you you carry extra power by presenting mask even though of course there's like you know um homophobia and things like that that of course you're experiencing and maybe other like forms of marginalization but like you'll notice that mask lesbians will tend to get more or like women loving women doesn't have to be lesbians that doesn't have to be like that like strict of a label of course but you guys know what i what i mean by this um like you'll notice that they tend to get like more respect from men around them and like they're almost treated like one of the guys quote unquote yep it's everywhere it's pervasive that Mm -hmm. margaret margaret atwood quote is really fucking me up especially the parts where she says Something along the lines of even when we're washing our hands, combing our hair, acting like we don't care, the not caring is like a fuck you to men almost. Yeah. The part that fucks me up about that quote the most is the part where she goes, you are a woman with a man inside watching a woman. Mm -hmm. That's so true for me. Me too. And I think that started really young for me. And I think part of it, too, was growing up with an older brother and him kind of, like, projecting that onto me of, like, well, like, if you want to be cool, you should like the things I like and me always trying to do everything that my brother did. Mm. Um, And I feel like I fell into this, like, oh, like, I'm going to be not like other girls because I'm going to be more like men. But I didn't realize that's what I was doing. And I feel like I picked up all these like maybe different like hobbies or interests when I was younger, hanging out with my brother because I thought that's what would make me cool and like quote unquote different and unique, unique. And it's so fucked that what we perceive as unique in women is just traits that differentiate them from like things that are perceived as feminine. It's like anything feminine is a negative quality and the more closely a woman presents with these traits that are typically stereotypically whatever um associated with men that's what makes them more different and more desirable it's like men do do men just like men 
Yes. <laughs> At the end of the day, the fucking ego, I think. But not everyone. Don't worry. Well, if you think about where when you were saying that, how if the way like we even talk women talk about each other sometimes that girl's crazy a guy will be like that's a crazy girl and when she normally is just asking for like bare minimum in a relationship Mm -hmm. for some reason the thing came to mind is oh she's too loud crazy hysterical hysterical comes from that that root word and i i probably won't be able to name this quite exactly but if you think of a hysterectomy it's when you're removing your ovaries Mm -hmm. i think so or is it the whole fucked uterus i something i should know but that root word is is coming from that what it's removing the whole uterus okay and that hyster part the h-y-s-t-e-r hysterical hysterectomy like that is associated with womanhood mm-hmm. femininity mm-hmm. and we're saying hysterical yeah when somebody can you look up the definition of hysterical yeah i'll look it up right now because the root of it Okay, um, deriving from or affected by uncontrolled extreme emotion. Mm-hmm. Yep. Feels right. Because women are too much. That somehow reminds me of the gendered language thing that we bring up like every other podcast too. Oh my gosh, do you know in the book that I'm reading? It's such a good book right now, but... What they book is switch it? the gendered language for sex. Um, it's called <gasps> really. Mm-hmm, it's called Fates and Furies by Lauren Groff. So I am. Let's put a bookmark in here. I'm on page one thirty out of like three thirty. I think this is. Mm-hmm. Oh no, it's much longer than that. It's almost four hundred pages. So I'm like almost halfway. It's pretty good. Um, I'm in a little bit of a lull, but it's been like very edgy the whole time. And there is a point where the narrator is talking about the two main characters having sex. And as the first part of the story has progressed, you think that the dynamic in this partnership is like the guy is so charming and he's the loud one and the one everyone loves and the wife is kind of like a little more muted But there's a point where he realizes she's orchestrating everything Mm. and he's had no idea really this whole time and everything from the parties they host to the jobs he's encouraged to apply for to all these different things. And there's a point they're constantly having sex the whole book like they've just got this really hot, sexy sex life and it doesn't go into wild detail, but there's a noticeable shift as he starts to realize how much power she really does have in the relationship. He says that I came home and she enveloped me. I love that. And I was, I read that and I was like, that is one, a contrast from how they've described their sex before Two, this, just the gendered language of it. I was like, Whoa. Fuck yeah. I want to read that now. It's a good book. It's really good. 
goodness. It's been on my like want to read list for a while. And I went to the there's a used bookstore by me. I went there to bring like books the other day and I saw it there and I was like, oh, I should get this. Mm. And then I got it on Thursday or Friday. I got it on Friday and I'm pretty deep in. It's good. I absolutely love that. I'm actually happy you shared that book because now I'm like, I love book recommendations, even though I don't like read all that frequently. Like I'll listen to like audiobooks. Mm. And that sounds like something I would like. I like it too because I feel like the language and the words sometimes are SAT words in there. And there are words that like I get the context of, but I'm not reading or or not in my everyday language. So I feel like I'm literally getting smarter as I'm reading this book. Beautiful. I love when reading does that. <laughs> yeah. Like it, I'm like, oh, these are like the byproducts of reading. I feel smart. Gorgeous. So, okay. I, now that we've kind of talked a little about like too much, too little male gaze type of vibe, like, do you feel like you have any traits that you've denied in yourself in an effort to either like fit the male gaze, be enough? Like, what are they? And like, have you worked through them? And like, we can both kind of share that because I feel like we need to out those parts of us. Yeah, you're right. You're right. So uh, for anyone, none of you can see, I was just nodding my head aggressively. I feel like I wouldn't even know where to begin. Um, And I want to add to that, like, I firmly believe everyone has qualities that they've muted or things like that. Mm -hmm. So maybe this is just adding for myself. But if you're out there listening and you go, I'm unaffected by this, eh, maybe check yourself a little bit. Because I think if we were all very honest with ourselves, even men probably in this sense would be fitting themselves to the mold of masculinity as it is defined by society, not by actuality. Which actually is a whole other conversation and that we don't have time for right now. But if you are someone who's interested, you should listen to the Man Enough podcast. They talk about it a lot. Mm. I'll link that. Um, But for me, now that I've had that tangent, the first thing that comes to mind is how I dress Mm -hmm. and how I, not so much now how I move and work out, but in my early 20s, for sure. Like anytime I've tried to shrink my body, it hasn't been for me. Like Mm -hmm. it has been to fit the male gaze of whatever the standard of beauty was at any given time Mm. and also for how I dress like I want to appear as someone attractive and and I want to an outfit to be flattering and what does that even mean like that can spread into weight stigma and fat phobia and all of that that is a whole conversation that maybe we do that next week to kind of piggyback but Mm -hmm. all of that all things body related and it's improved but i would say yeah has been guided by the male gaze for me the same i definitely have had those same like experiences body image wise and like trying to shrink myself or like you know 
make my butt bigger or whatever the hell the trends have always been like yeah last few years um and as far as how I dress I have a similar experience but almost slightly different too and I guess I'll explain because when I think of like the male gaze in terms of clothing I think like form-fitting clothing things that are going to show your figure things that are going to attract men right but now we live in an age of well that girl's basic quote-unquote that girl's like whatever so now I almost feel like and the way I dress is very like well I want to make sure I stand out and this is like so embarrassing to like admit and so I like will dress like in more baggy clothing or maybe like colors that people wouldn't typically wear together or like you know something that like maybe like the average person wouldn't like wear like you would probably look twice and be like oh like what the hell is she wearing kind of a thing and to me like thinking about that that is even in the through the male gaze because even if it's not form-fitting and like showing my figure it's like to me the like motivation behind that would be to not be like other girls quote-unquote because being like other girls would be bad yep and it's like this can manifest in so many different ways so if you're listening to this and you're someone who's like well I wear I don't necessarily wear form-fitting stuff I'm not trying to show my cleavage or like my body parts like there are potentially other ways that the male gaze is playing into like how you dress as well and it could just be from a different lens you know I'm so happy that we're talking about this because I was reminded of this idea when or when I listened to a podcast on Friday, something like that, where we when we see women mm-hmm. and it's usually like celebrities, it's the easiest example to give, but also just in your day to day, maybe in a workplace, in school, wherever. And you're like, something about her I just don't like, mm-hmm. just don't like her. It's typically because she's displaying a quality that we associated with the masculine that we're repressing in ourselves. Mm. So the quickest example for me that I can think of for my whole life, I hated Angelina Jolie. No mm. idea why. I'm like, why? Why? And I, I that was the first person when I heard this this idea a while back that I that came to me and it was because she's very confident she does not need anyone's validation Mm -hmm. as at least as it appears to us right and she's a very strong character she's got a strong jawline even in how she presents there's a lot of things about her where someone might say oh my gosh that's a badass woman rather than that's a woman that's a confident woman you know where saying these we see these qualities in her that are typically associated with masculine. And my whole life, I was like, I hate her. I just hate her. I don't want to watch movies with her. Like, she bothered me. I mean, now, just neither here nor there. I don't have a, an opinion either way. But that, to me, is another unconscious way. Like, think yeah. about a person that, may, like, hasn't done you harm. But you think of them and you're like, yeah, I just really don't like, don't like her. It's so interesting you say that because I feel like me and you are having the same exact experience, but it's like in 
like different it's manifesting differently between you and I because for me the girls that I've always felt like well or like you know now I think I'm more aware of it and I don't like judge girls or I try not to judge girls like right off the bat off of like a quality like this but like when I was younger like when I think back to times where I was like well I really just don't like that girl it was always like the hyper quote-unquote feminine qualities that I disliked and it was like I was trying to like reject that in myself in a sense do you think it was hyper fem like for me, mm-hmm. this is the only reason why I'm saying that. Like, you might just be on point with exactly how you're feeling. I don't mean to take away from that. No, that's okay. I want to hear what you're saying. When I saw girls like that when I was younger that were very feminine and were, like, showing off, it was almost – I was just jealous of them and the attention that they got. And it was so almost – That yeah. was what it was for me. It was like, oh, all the guys want them and – Maybe they're just very, also very comfortable and confident in who they are and the confidence mm-hmm. piece, at least, especially I think for our generation and later, I wonder what it's like now, but the confidence piece is huge. Like when you see a confident woman, mm-hmm. you look at her and you're like, oh my gosh, I either want to be her or I hate her. It was never like it's never anything like that that I'm referring to. So like when I'm referring to like the quote unquote hyper feminine stuff, like I even think back to like when I was younger being like, oh, girls who wear pink are lame. Oh, same with I was like that. Like that. And it's just like my favorite color is black. Yeah. Not like, yeah. Exactly. And again, it just comes from, I think, like growing up with an older brother and always feeling like, well, resembling maleness more closely and like that like conditioning of like well I want to be more like this male figure in my life and further away from like female or femininity or whatever like I think I just like I used to actually really like the color pink when I was little and then something switched in my brain where I was like no pink makes me weak pink makes me like feminine pink makes me emotional pink makes me Mm. all this stuff you know what I mean not yeah just pink but like a lot of different things that people you know relate stereotypical femininity to and so like whenever I would see women like that I'd be like I probably wouldn't get along with them and I would immediately push them off so like for you 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 kind of would just be like I don't like this girl whenever they portrayed like a masculine trait and for me it was always like I don't like this girl and it's almost probably because I felt shame for embodying those things and they were able to embody them But that's interesting for me, though, because I did the same thing when I was younger. Like, I tried to be more tomboyish Yeah. for a period of time. I tried, like, anyone asked me my favorite color, it's black. Like, never pink. I hated pink. I only wanted to wear black and blue. Those were, like, my things. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. Not that it would play out the same way, and it doesn't have to. But I was like that as well. So that's interesting that I still looked at people and really it was just celebrities, I think. Mm-hmm. And just maybe women in power. But now I embrace that. Now I'm like, fuck yeah. yeah. I fucking love it when like you yeah. see like a woman in power now, like a celebrity, because you're like, that's it takes balls to do that when you're constantly under like a microscope when yeah. you're famous. I do think, too, though, I just saw this post by a woman named sophie jaffe and i i really like like her a lot um i've like gone in and out of phases of like really like fixating on all her stuff and then pulling back and whatever she just made a post and i won't be able to actually we can also 
I can't, I'm like ruminating on this now in my head. Like the irony of me saying it takes balls to do that during this conversation is killing me. Okay, go back to your They're quote. the weakest things in the world as well. Really so are. the fact that like I a hundred I've went through a phase where I would say the ovaries. It takes the ovaries to do this. I love that. Did the it way, ever stick? No, because I got too judged for it and then I felt too much like that girl. That's where I'm too much. <laughs> um but I yeah, it didn't stick because people just start to look at you weird. And yeah that that that's uh, the thing is like to, a, yeah a lot of people aren't gonna fully understand it when they hear you say that and it's just a lot to explain to everyone yeah. every single time you say yeah that. they're like oh okay burn your bra <laughs> burn your bra <laughs> <laughs> just bleed out in your pants girl you go that's literally the look that i get you oh my gosh fuck me why can't i find oh is this it Okay, so she just made a post the other day how – I'm just going to read the caption. Maybe I won't. Okay, so I just found the post from Sophie Jaffe, and she talks about learning how to step into her feminine and into her softness despite her strong masculine nature to hustle, to work, to grind, and that whole culture. So she she's a very successful business owner, like – very much in the wellness industry and she writes how she operated from all of her masculine energy to run all of her businesses and maintain like several sources of income and she's the main source of income for her family and her husband's like a very successful therapist so for her just to bust that out there and be like where i'm the main source of income i think is a lot too and she says there's nothing wrong with pursuing these things and becoming the breadwinner and being invested in your family but since then i feel like i've stepped so far away from the feminine part of me Mm -hmm. and so she's talking about how she wants to move back towards that that feminine energy that softness and i don't know what sparked me even bringing that up but damn it something we said because we were talking about like celebrities being under a microscope and how that's hard to do and like we were talking yes. about like, so thinking about the like with my Angelina Jolie example where discrediting these women who are stepping into their masculine quote unquote masculine i just want to yeah, make quote clear. unquote masculine and that we also are shitting on the women who maybe present as mm-hmm. more feminine. So that's exactly now we're full circle. So we're just shitting on women, full stop. That's the too much, not enoughness. How can we not feel like too much and not enough when if we are more masculine in one sense, we're too much. We're not going to be liked. When we're too in our feminine, we're not enough. Maybe we're too emotional or we're not strong enough. Like there's all these different qualities like we can't fit in either and this is where a binary's fucked because it's not black and white and i think masculine energy carries that black and whiteness where as the softness and the fluidity is associated more with the feminine mhm 
And it just makes sense for all of us to be showing up in, for example, relationships like we started this conversation and feeling like we're either too much or not enough always. And it's because no matter what a woman does in society, she's either A, too much or B, not enough. Like in almost every single scenario. So it's like, of course, this is spilling out into every aspect of our life and especially an aspect of life where maybe we are closely adjacent to a man, you know, if you are a woman who dates men, Mm -hmm. you know, like how me and you have experienced. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's just more magnified Mm -hmm. when we're that close and when we're trying to be that close, right? Like we want that relationship or a relationship and not in a sense where we need it but we want one and that's okay Mm -hmm. and so you when you want to move towards that you tweak yourself and Mm -hmm. I think there's a difference between turning the volume up and down on certain parts of yourself versus compromising other things like there there has to be an authentic understanding of who you are as a person mm-hmm. so that you don't do those things. So you're not taking away or exaggerating mm-hmm. when it's not necessary and when it compromises your own values. But in other areas, like climbing, maybe that's more of an area you can compromise on. Yeah. Yeah, just being aware of all of these things is definitely like the first step of unlearning or at least being aware of like where it's presenting in our lives and I think too I want to even include the first part of the conversation where we reference like the friends that we have that are in healthy balanced and balanced loosely speaking right that balance always changes but they seem to be operating in a relationship that is fluid and that is respectful of like one person's energy might be stronger one day and another's might not be and there's that reciprocity no matter what it looks like. Mm-hmm. So it does exist and I think that we're lucky that we have examples. So if you're somebody that doesn't and you're just like, well, it's impossible, maybe take inventory and like look at the people you have in your life or people on social media so you can start to see to believe that it's possible because at least that that's comforting to me Mm -hmm. me as well me as well for sure like seeing you know guy friends I have or girlfriends I have that are dating somebody who balances them so well and it is really like a give and take and it's it's not it's not always one person's job to have like the mental load of everything and like it switches like you said and all of that. All that. Were you saying something before and I cut you off? I don't think so. That's a good place to wrap it up. I'm literally like...